everyone, and welcome back to another long-awaited episode of the Historic Pinstripes. Again, my name is Brian, and I have been a die-hard Yankees fan since I was about seven years old. The goal of the Historic Pinstripes is, as always, to preserve the rich history and tradition of the New York Yankees by discussing the greatest Yankees players and moments in Yankees history. So, this week, I am going to be doing a little bit different episode on... Um, it's going to be a Yankee rewatch um, episode, which basically just, I, I mean, I watched a game last night uh, with the 19, uh, back, it was on YouTube, uh, 1991 Yankees versus the Rangers on June 9th, 1991. Um, so I just, I'm going to, uh, this is going to be starting a series of of episodes. And I'll pro I pro probably won't be every single week. I'll probably be various uh, like I'll probably mix it up with some other types of episodes, but for this week, um, as I said, uh, we are going to be discussing the June 9th game in, in 1991 versus the uh, Texas Rangers. Um, now, the 1991 New York Yankees were very much a rebuilding baseball team. Um, they had their manager was Stump Merrill. Um, the Yankees, this this was a different day and age for the Yankees. The Yankees were not that good. I mean, I guess currently you can say the Yankees are really not playing that well either. Um, but uh, and actually, just to put it in perspective, the Yankees in 1990 lost 95 games, and in 1991 they went on to lose 91 games. So let's just say expectations were not that high for the Yankees in 1991. They finished the year 71 and 91. They were in uh, fifth place in their division out of seven, because this was back when there was only two divisions, the East Division and the West Division. Um, the East included the Toronto Blue Jays, Boston Red Sox, Detroit Tigers, Milwaukee Brewers, Baltimore Orioles, um, the Yankees, of course, and the Cleveland Indians. Um, the Indians actually were the worst team, yeah, the worst team in the American League. The West Division, though, they uh, looking at the West Division standings, um, the Twins... Uh, they had 95 wins that year. They, of course, went on to win the 1991 World Series with Kirby Puckett, of course. And, um, you know, they had a very good team. Ch Chicago White Sox had a good team. Texas Rangers, they ended up finishing 85 and 77. So the Rangers were a good team. I mean, I don't know how they were at the time of the game in June 9th, 1991. But that's kind of where they the two teams stood. Um, and as far as... That year, as I said, the Twins won the World Series. They beat the Braves in seven games. Kirby Puckett had a game-winning home run in, in Game Six of the World Series in Minnesota, and the, at the Metrodome, the former um, uh, stadium where the Twins played. Of course, now it's Target Field. The American League Most Valuable Player that year was Cal Ripken Jr. Roger Clemens was the Cy Young, and Chuck Dowblock was. Um, the twin second baseman, he was Rookie of the Year. Of course, future New York Yankee. Um, played for the Yankees in 98, 99, 2000, and I think 2001 as well. Um, but uh, in 91, he, he he was really, really good. He was probably, he had his better, I would say his better years with the Twins than the Yankees. But he was still very valuable to the Yankees as a leadoff man. Um, just he wasn't the same uh, as he was with the Twins. Um, but however, um, I... Uh, moving on to the game, 1991, it was Bat Day. Um, and Bat Day, back in 1991, they actually had real bats that they gave to the fans. 
um, which sounds a little dangerous, but um, it, uh, you know, to be honest, and, and as a fan, um, I would have loved to have had a real bat and gotten a real bat from a game. Um, uh, just being a kid and that loved baseball back in 1991, so it was cool to see. <laughs> it was it was kind of cool, but also kind of weird <laughs> to see that, that they had that you could see the fans in the crowd with all the bats um, up. Um, so it's, it's kind of funny because it's, it's, it actually seems kind of dangerous. But anyways, so uh, it was bat day. They had real bats. The starting lineups that day, um, well, starting lineups for the New York Yankees, Roberto Kelly was the center fielder, Steve Sachs playing second base, Don Mattingly, and he was my favorite player. So it was cool to see Don Mattingly playing again and um, Mattingly was not quite what he was. I, I believe this was the year that they he, they named him captain, but by this time, Mattingly was like a fan favorite. He was like the Derek Jeter of this Yankee team back in the early 90s, late 80s and early 90s. He was like, he was beloved as a Yankee, just as Derek Jeter was during his time with the Yankees. Um, and then they had uh, designated hitter Kevin Maws, if you remember him, was a power hitter, left-handed bat. Jesse Barfield, uh, veteran outfielder, right fielder. Uh, Matt Noakes, catcher. Shortstop Alvaro Espinosa, who was a very good defensive shortstop. And I, I kind of forgot how good he was until I saw this game, but he, he played a very good shortstop, had a very good arm. Pat Kelly, um, he was a young player at this time. He played third base for the Yankees. And actually, Pat Kelly had a 364 batting average versus lefties, even though the starting pitcher for the Rangers was Jose Guzman. Um, Guzman uh, was, a at this time, a veteran starting pitcher, right uh, pitched right-handed. Um, and I believe he had a brother named Juan Guzman who played for the Toronto Blue Jays. Um, Juan Guzman had a, some, a pretty decent career. Um, or at least I, I know he had at least a, a few good seasons with the Blue Jays when the Blue Jays won in 92-93. Um, Tim Larry uh, was the pitcher for the Yankees. Tim Larry, of course, was known for kind of being the better pitcher on some of the teams that the Yankees, they were the Yankees didn't have very good teams. Um, to, but in this game, Tim Larry was very good. He had a split-fingered fastball, um, which, to be honest, I, I remember Tim Larry playing, but I didn't really remember what he threw or anything like that. Um, and I remember that he was like a, like he, he had like an ERA, like usually around four, 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 one, four, or four, two, four, or whatever it was. But um, anyways, in this game, he actually pitched pretty, pretty well. So uh, Roberto Kelly was the leadoff man. Steve Sachs, Don Mattingly, Kevin Maws, Mel Hall, Jesse Barfield, Matt Noakes, Alvaro Espinosa, and Pat Kelly. The Rangers, their lineup was designated hitter, Brian Downing. First baseman, Rafael Palmero, if you remember him. He's uh, caught with steroids, basically getting kind of banned from baseball. I mean, because um, his numbers are good enough to be a Hall of Famer. But anyways, moving on, the, then there was a switch hitter, Ruben Sierra, future Yankee as well. Um, played right field for the Rangers at this time. Julio Franco, second baseman. He ended up playing until he was like 48 or something like that. Um, played for a long time. He never actually played for the Yankees. He was second baseman. Um, and it was interesting because in, actually in the beginning of the game, uh, top of the first inning, uh, Ruben Sierra was the third hitter in the lineup. And Ruben Sierra actually has an airing. 
And it was interesting to hear uh, Phil Rizzuto, because Phil Rizzuto and Bobby Mercer did the call for the game. Uh, they were the two broadcasters. And Phil Rizzuto made made a point to point out that Ruben Sierra had an earring. Um, it didn't sound like uh, Phil Rizzuto was too, um, really liked his earring too much. But, you know, he, he was old school, and, and he they did, back in the 50s, they when uh, Rizzuto played, they didn't, they didn't uh, wear earrings anyway, so he was not that big of a fan of, of that part of Ruben Sierra anyways. Uh, so um, another thing I did notice, too, that there was a lot... The game moved along quite a bit. It, it was um, a little bit under three hours. I think it was like... Yeah, it was two hours and 52 minutes uh, for the game, um, a day game. And also, attendance for this game at Yankee Stadium was 39,014, which I believe is considering how much old Yankee Stadium could hold. You could say that there was a lot of empty seats. Of course, it was a day game too, so I mean, I guess that's part of it. Um, However, before I move on, I just wanted to mention that the Rangers' record before entering this game was 26-23, and and the Yankees' record before entering this game was 25-24, and and as I said, Tim Larry uh, went to the top of the order in the top of the first. Throw was a split-fingered fastball, and he was throwing pretty good today. He had a strikeout of Brian Downing. Uh, got Rafael Palmero, who Rafael Palmero actually another thing I noticed about him was that he he was not as big as he was toward the end of his career, and not that he was ever really big, but he he, he you could tell the like. He, he did not seem, like they even said it, like Bobby Mercer, I think, was the one that mentioned it, that Palmero was a contact hitter. And, of course, he ended up with 500 home runs. Of course, a lot of that was steroids, um, which he was on those, uh, those I think it was the Balco list. or I forget which list. There were so many different steroids lists. So Tim Leary went uh, right through the order at the top, top of the first. And then Jose Guzman for the Rangers in the top of the first. Um... Roberto Kelly was the first batter for the Yankees. Good center fielder. He wore number 39 for the Yankees, if you're if you're wondering. Um, he got a base hit to left field and uh, started it off for the Yankees with a runner on. He stole a base. Steve Sachs um, wore number six, which, of course, now is retired for Joe Torre, um, one of the greatest managers in Yankees history, um, flew out to right field. Don Mattingly then got up... Um, he did a fair as well in this at-bat. He popped out to the second baseman. Um, and one thing I noticed about Don Mattingly was his his batting stance was a little bit different at this time. He kind of had the... Because he had been going through a lot of... Uh, I think he had a lot of back injuries by this time. So he was not the same hitter that he was back in the 80s. Um, but he was going through some different changes in his batting stance. And he, was, he held his, his... Before the batter... Before the pitcher pitched, he would hold his hands high above his head, just kind of keep it in a relaxed position, and then move his hands down into a hitter position by the time the ball came. And um, so it was it was cool to see Don Manley hitting, of course, obviously him being my favorite player. Kevin Maws uh, then got up, and he grounded out to the second baseman, um, who was Julio Franco for the Rangers, made a good play, and uh, that was it for the bottom of the first. Um, so then we went into the top of the second inning, and who should start off? Well, Julio Franco, who made the good play in the bottom of the first. Julio Franco actually bunted 
on uh, to get onto first base, which is something you don't see. And that's another thing. There was a few different months in this game. There were a, sacri- a couple, at least one, two, three, about three sacrifice months, I believe, in this game, maybe even four. So that's a lot, considering nowadays teams rarely ever bunt. But to have three bunts in a game, that's that's uh, kind of tells you how the game's changed um, from now to then. And another thing I did notice, too, was there was not a whole lot of pitch counts. Um, to be honest, the broadcasters never brought up pitch count at all. And, you know, both these guys, they went pretty pretty far into the game. Um, the, you know, so like I was saying, uh, it started off with a uh, bunt single. Julio Franco got, got on. Um, and uh, so he got a base hit. Juan Gonzalez, if you remember him, but Juan Gonzalez was, he was just a young player. I don't know if this was his rookie year or not. He was playing left field for the Rangers at this time. Got a base hit to to left, and um, and and uh, uh, Julio Franco went to third base. And anyways, it took Juan Gonzalez a little bit of time to get going in his career. Um, but of course, by like 1996, 97, 98, Juan Gonzalez, I think he won two MVPs. Um, but at this time, you could tell he was still a very raw talent for the Rangers. Um, so they had runners on first and third. And then uh, Gene Petrali, left-handed hitter for the Rangers, he was a catcher. Um, he grounded out to the second baseman who threw to the uh, shortstop, Alvaro Espinosa. Second baseman was Steve Sachs. And they got the force out at second base. Um, uh, however, Julio Franco scored the game's first run. Um, so the RBI went to Gene Petrali. He didn't get out, but the, the mid, middle runner got out. Um, so there was one out, uh, one nothing Rangers at this time. And then the very next batter, Steve Bouchel, right-handed batter, played third base in the game for the Rangers. Um, and I do, I did remember this uh, hitter, um, but I don't, I don't really have a, a lot of memories of him. I don't think he was Steve Bouchel was like, he wasn't like a, a great player, but I think he was a pretty solid decent player anyway um he actually grounded out to the shortstop Alvaro Espinosa who has a heck of an arm by the way uh it was a 6-4-3 double play and that ended the inning um so it was just one nothing for a little while and um that uh going back to the bottom of the second it was a strikeout of Mel Hall struck out Bell Jesse Barfield popped out to the shortstop and um Matt Noakes also flew out to the center fielder and that was it and then it pretty much, there was pretty much no scoring right up until the fifth inning, I guess. Uh, I guess at the bottom of the fifth inning. And the first batter led off was Matt Noakes, who was a left-handed batter for the Yankees. Uh, he wore number 38. Matt Noakes was, he was a good, solid defensive catcher. Um, not really known for his, well, I mean, I guess he was known for his bat for a little bit. He had, a good, he had some good power um, from the left side of the plate. Um, he actually got on with a base hit, and uh, he also went to second base on a passed ball by the catcher, Gene Petrali. Um, and then there was a sacrifice bunt by Alvaro Espinosa, the shortstop, who wore number 20, which is, of course, now retired for Jorge Posada and, um, by the Yankees. Uh, he, hit, he got a sacrifice bunt, uh, moved the runner o- over to third base, I believe, and Matt Noakes went to third. But then Alvaro Espinosa... I guess he, because there was an error made, I believe it was by the catcher or the pitcher, there was a throwing error, and the first baseman, Palmero couldn't get the, the, the short hop, 
Um, but anyways, the ball was thrown away, basically. Espinoza, he, uh, he turned to go to second, but he got out um, at second base, and uh, Matt Noakes scored. So the game's first run was on an error, and Matt, Matt Noakes tied it up, and the Yankees tied it up um, as Matt Noakes crossed the plate. Pat Kelly then got up and he struck out and uh, was a drop third strike, which a drop third strike, if you're not familiar with baseball, um, basically the catcher drops the ball on strike three. The batter can run to first base and try to get there, but the catcher has to get the ball and throw it to first, and that's basically what a drop third strike is. The catcher did exactly that. They picked up the ball, threw it to first before the runner got to first base, and that was it. Uh, so then going on, um, the very, the, yeah, the bottom half of the fifth, it was basically one, two, three for the, for the uh, Rangers. Steve Bouchelle struck out a line drive to short on a good play by Aval Espinosa. Um, and uh, Gary Pettis also uh, finished off that inning, one, two, three for the Rangers. And uh, Tim Leary was still hanging around in this game. Then we go to the top of the sixth. Jose Guzman was also pitching in this game. Um, so he was still in the game in the sixth inning. Uh, both pitchers pitched very well. Um, Guzman seemed to get a lot of fly balls for the for the Rangers, rather. But um, but uh, also, he, he struck out uh, five batters in the game as well. Um, but anyways, the inning in the top of the sixth uh, started off with Mattingly. He grounded out to the shortstop, who was Jeff Houston. Jeff Houston was a left-handed hitter, played shortstop for the Rangers. Um, and Kevin Maws ended up hitting a double. So they had a runner on second, one out. Mel Hall at the plate. Uh, Mel Hall walks. So they got runners on first and second. And then uh, there was a, uh, a forced play. Jesse Barfield grounded out to the third baseman, who went for the around-the-horn double play. Um, but they weren't able to get Jesse Barfield at first base. However, the runner didn't score uh, from third, which was uh, Kevin Maz. So the next batter, Matt Noakes, walked, and then Espinosa was up, and he struck out. And uh, Espinosa was not really known for his, his batting. He was mostly known for his defense. Um, and then in the bottom of the sixth, Brian Downing let it off. He uh, grounded out to shortstop Alvaro Espinosa. Rafael Palmero, then he hits a solo home run to right field, and that puts the Rangers on top 2-1. to one. Um, Then after that, uh, Tim Leary gets Ruben Sierra to fly out a deep fly ball to the right field, um, but Jesse Barfield gets it. Another deep fly ball to right field by Julio Franco, and that ends the inning. Uh, both of them were, were hit very hard, um, but you know Tim Leary was able to get out of the inning, and and it was interesting because there was not not a word by Bobby Mercer or Phil Rizzuto about pitch counts at this time. And it was already the sixth inning. And then moving on to the top of the seventh inning, Tim Leary, this was this would be his last inning. Um, again, not a word about his pitch count. Um, I, I don't think they really talked about pitch counts back quite that at that time yet. Um, a few years after that, I believe they started talking more about pitch counts. Um, but anyway, so Juan Gonzalez walked to lead off the inning. He would steal a base. Um, then there was a sacrifice bunt by Gene Petrali, the catcher, and that moved the runner to third. 
And then a home run was hit by Steve Bouchel, who hit the home run to right field. He went the other way with the ball. And um, this one actually was interesting because a fan actually kind of got in the way of Jesse Barfield because Jesse Barfield, it looked like he would have had a chance to leap and maybe possibly make the catch. But, um, you know, he didn't really even leap. Um, Well, I think at least I don't believe he leaped, but... Um, even if he did, he would have been he would have been trapped because the the fan was right there. But I mean, at the same time too, you can't really the the fan was just going for the ball too. Um, but there was really nothing um, really said about it. And of course, this was before um, everything like with uh, the Jeffrey Mayer incident in uh, 1996 when the with the Baltimore Orioles um, in the American League Championship Series, where uh, Tony Tarasco went he leaped. At the right field wall, Derek Jeter hits the ball um, and uh, hits the ball to right field. The ball goes over the wall, but then the fan reaches over and clearly goes over the railing um, and is in fair territory. Tony Tarasco jumps, and it was basically a play just like that. So, and obviously, no fan interference was called. Of course, I don't think Jesse Barfield even jumped anyway. Um, but had he probably could have if he if he had uh, he he might have he might have had a play on the ball. So it was four to one Rangers now. Um, as uh, Steve Buscel had a two run home run, um, and then after that Jeff Houston, the shortstop left handed batter, flew out to center field. Roberto Kelly uh, got under it and made the catch. Um, Gary Pettis, the center fielder for the Rangers, he flew out to left field on a good play by Mel Hall. Um, so uh, that was the inning right there. It was so it was four to one. Um, so the Yankees had kind of a a little bit of a hill to climb. Um, but then this is where it got kind of got interesting for the Yankees in the bottom of the seventh inning. Um, leading off was Pat Kelly. Pat Kelly uh, was now facing um, Jeffco. Um, which I, I don't. I'm not too sure. If, I don't think I actually got his his first name. But anyways, so Pat Kelly grounded out to third base against Jose Guzman. Jeff Coat then came in, and uh, Jeff Coat uh, gave up a home run to Roberto Kelly, uh, and it was a solo home run. This was to right field, kind of like the Steve Bouchel home run. Um, and Roberto Kelly was a very good player, um, but he would eventually end up getting traded. Of course, for a very good player in his own right, Paul O'Neill, who, of course, became... A leader of the Yankees and helped the Yankees to four World Series championships. Um, Steve Sachs played second base. He got on on an error by the left fielder, and this is kind of where the game cut a little little bit out of hand for Jose Guzman because that uh, that was it for Jose Guzman. After this, um, the manager Bobby Valentine of the Texas Rangers uh, took him took out uh, the pitcher Jose Guzman. After this play, Juan Gonzalez was the left fielder. He lost the fly ball. In the, uh, it seemed like in the sun, but I guess Bobby Mercer was the one that said it. He said it, he did not lose the fly ball in the sun. He kind of Because the Yankee Stadium, the old Yankee Stadium had a, I guess, it was very, um, I think they called it a high sky. At least that's what they, the broadcasters called it. So I guess he just lost the ball up in the clouds or, or whatever. And um, he, he he just dropped it. I mean, he had the ball in his glove, um, but... Anyway, so the, there was a new pitcher in. Jeff Coat was his, his last name. Um, I didn't catch his first name. He was a left-handed pitcher pitching to Don Mattingly now. 
So he had a tough task. And so Don Mattingly had a runner on base. Um, the game was 4-2. to two. Um, Mattingly had a chance with the runner on base to tie it up, and that's exactly what he did. He had a home run to deep right center field, and he, the crowd went crazy. Um, they gave him a curtain call. The crowd was very loud at this point. Um, and you could barely even hear Phil Rizzuto during the home run call, actually. So, um, But it, it, made, it made it exciting, though, the, uh, just to hear the home run call and Don Mattingly hitting, hitting the home run over the wall to tie the game. And it was so a two-run two home run for Don Mattingly. Game was tied at four. So then Jeff Cope uh, pitched the next batter, Kevin Maws, um, who was the designated hitter for the Yankees. He grounded out to the pitcher, and uh, he threw, out, threw him out at first base. And then Jeff Cope came out of the game, and who should come in in the game? But a friend of the former friend of the New York Yankees, who should come into the game? But one of the greatest Yankees closers of all time, Rich Goose Gossage. Um, yep, Goose Gossage was still pitching at this time. And actually, that brings me to a trivia question that I heard during the game. I'll answer it toward the end of the podcast. And the trivia question was, who are the, the three players that were still active from the 1978 World Series Yankees team? So, um, but anyways, so Gossage came in the game. Um and he came in the game after the batting, after the uh, after Jeff Coat got uh, Kevin Moss to ground out to the pitcher. Um, Mel Hall got a base hit off of. Uh, oh yeah, the Mel Hall also actually got a base hit off of Jeff Coat. Um, Mel, Mel Hall was a left-handed batter, um, and uh, so Goose Gossage came in for Jesse Barfield. He and Barfield flew out to right field, and that ended the seventh inning. The game tied at four. And then we lead into the top of the eighth inning, which actually was, that was it for Tim Leary. Tim Leary went seven innings, four runs, three strikeouts. Um, and uh, actually, the one thing about Tim Leary that they did say I, was that he was very much prone to the home run ball, which I think is very common among split-fingered uh, pitchers, uh, pitchers that throw the split-fingered fastball, rather. Um and uh, so the new pitcher was uh, Greg Cataray, who was a left-handed reliever who I kind of forgot all about, to be honest. It was, it was, it was crazy kind of seeing him pitch because I hadn't seen him pitch since since I was a kid. So Greg Cataray came in. Um, Cataray pitched to Brian Downing. He got him to ground out to shortstop. Alvaro Espinosa, who threw to, to first base. Rafael Palmero got a base hit off of uh, Greg Cataray and... He also uh, went to uh, second on a pass ball. And then uh, Ruben Sierra walked. So um, Greg Cataway uh, got in a little bit of trouble there. Um, and after that after that walk, Greg Cataway came out of the game. And the manager, Stump Merrill, for the New York Yankees, uh, brought in John Habian, who actually wore number 42, which, of course, is now retired, by both Jackie Robinson and Mariano Rivera. So John Habian comes in the game, and Habian gets a flyout of Julio Franco. Um, uh, he flies out to the center field of Roberto Kelly. And the next batter, Juan Gonzalez, is at the plate, but he doesn't finish the at-bat because um, Rafael Palmero decides to steal third base with two outs, and... Um, he was out, um, and Matt Noakes just threw him out, made a really good throw, 
and um, and that was it. So it was a, a two five. So the the catcher uh, threw threw him out to the third baseman, and that was the inning right there. Then going to the bottom of the eighth inning, so Wichita started off with Matt Noakes, who flew out to the center fielder. Then he walked Alvaro Espinosa, who's probably one of the weaker hitters in that lineup. Um, but, you know, Matt Noakes was, I mean, uh, Alvaro Espinosa was fast. And then Pat Kelly, uh, playing third base for the Yankees, right-handed hitter. Um, he was better against lefties than righties. But uh, Pat Kelly actually hit a home run to left field and put the Yankees on top for good. And the game, it was 6-4. to four. Uh, two-run home run, and the, the crowd went pretty crazy for that one, too. Um, Pat Kelly, uh, um, well, he was not known for his power. Um, and after that, Goshage got the last two batters. Uh, Roberto Kelly flew out to center field, and Steve Sachs also flew out to center field. And Juan Gonzalez led off the very next inning, um, of course, because in the eighth, the, the runner was caught stealing at third base while Gonzalez was at the plate. So Gonzalez flew out to um, center. Uh, Gene Petrali, the catcher, popped out to the shortstop. And Steve Bouchel flew out to the left fielder. And that was the game. Um, Steve Farr actually came in for that last inning, too. He, he pitched the, the ninth and got the save um, to save the game. And the winning pitcher of the game was John Hebian for the Yankees. The losing pitcher was, of course, Goose Gossage, who gave up the two-run home run to Pat Kelly in the, the game. It was a 6-4 win for the New York Yankees um, in 1991. The Yankees and actually, I guess it was actually a very good win because the Yankees had a very good homestand, which uh, Bobby Mercer mentioned uh, after the game. He mentioned it a couple times that, that the Yankees had a very good homestand, that, that they went on to an 8-4 and record in, uh, on the homestand. And they were only two games under 500. Um, the, another thing that I did find interesting was there was no replay in the game. Um, like I said, the seventh inning play with Jesse Barfield being robbed of a possible catch. But um, I think he was about, it looked like he was about to leap, but he, he just, he didn't. And obviously he must have saw the fan was right there kind of reaching. And I don't know if he had quite reached over, but it, I think I think it looked like he was kind of reaching over a little bit, so it was kind of reminiscent of that play in 1996 with Derek Jeter uh, hitting the home run and um, well, I guess not really a home run, but the, getting some help from Jeffrey Mayer, uh, Mel Hall, uh, the eighth inning running catch. Uh, you know, he missed the ball, but it was a, it was it was kind of a tough play. He he had to run hard in on the ball. But the, the crowd was not really upset about it. They, in fact, they actually gave him a positive re, reaction. Um, they didn't boom. And I, I guess that might be because of the fact that the Yankees were in last place the year before. And, you know, there were two, still two games under 500, so their expectations were not so high. And, of course, obviously this was still during the time when George Steinbrenner was suspended as well. Um, another thing was um, uh, the birthday announcements, which I kind of forgot about until I, he I heard it. Phil Rizzuto always used to announce people's birthdays right on the air. But he did that all the time throughout the many years that he broadcasted games. So he, he that was kind of cool. Uh, um, but uh, the crowd was very loud for the Don Mattingly home run. 
So that was pretty much it for the game. Um, Jeffco, his first name was actually Mike Jeffco. And so the umpires for the game were Jim McKeon, um, at the home plate umpire, Ken Kaiser at first base, uh, Jim Joyce at second base, Terry Kraft at third base. Ken Kaiser made a couple of plays, a couple uh, kind of tough calls at first base because, but there was really nothing, there was nothing the Yankees could do about it because there was no replay at this time um, in Major League Baseball. Um, so it, it was kind of, it was, it was kind of interesting to see. The weather for the game seemed like a very nice day. It was 81 degrees. Seemed It was very sunny out because um, some of the outfielders, that a lot, a lot of the outfields actually had those uh, sunglasses that had the flip sunglasses, which I believe was very popular at that time. So the, the game overall was a, it was a very good game, um, very competitive between the Yankees and the Rangers. There was a lot of things that uh, weren't around back then, that that like replay um, that we have today, and there was a lot of things like there are things like like the sacrifice, the little, the small ball which you don't see a whole lot today that was played a lot then uh, a lot lot more uh, the game the game flew really kind of flew by um Stump Merrill the manager um some of the Yankees coaches were Mark Connor, Mark Hill, Greg Nettles was also a coach for the Yankees, Buck Showalter was on the coaching staff which I didn't realize, Mike Ferraro and Frank Howard was also a coach for the Yankees as well. Um so anyways that's basically it. Before I let you go, I just wanted to let you know that the Historic Pinstripes is a proud member of the 4041 Media family with other podcasts such as Free Your Geek, Psych Your Crime, and Movie Theater Time Machine. You can go to www.4041media.com for more information on all of that. And before I let you go, I just wanted to let you know the answer to the trivia question, which was, who were three players still active from 1978 on June 9, 1991? For the Yankees World Series team in 78. And the answer was Willie Randolph. Who was playing for Milwaukee at the time. Goose Gossage of course. Because he was, he was pitching in the game against the Rangers. For, I mean for the Rangers. And uh, Mike Heath was the other one. who was a backup catcher. Played for the Atlanta Braves. And I guess he was a pretty good defensive catcher. From what Bobby Mercer and uh, Rizzuto were saying. Um, and of course toward the end of the game. Phil Rizzuto. Uh, was anxious to leave the game toward the end of the, toward the end. Um, he was saying how, you know, he kind of had he couldn't leave early because, the, you know, and the the Yankees didn't get the lead until the eighth inning, and I think he he but he was still there right until the ninth inning, because um, he had said that he didn't want to leave with with the Yankees winning, um, because he was very uh, Rizzuto, Rizzuto was always known for leaving games early. Uh, you know, because he wanted to beat the traffic. That's how kind of how Rizzuto was anyway. Anyway, so it was cool to hear this game, a game that I probably saw when I was young. And um, so it was kind of cool to, to see the game and see some of the players that I had uh, grown up watching. And uh, anyways, I just want to thank everybody for listening. And as always, go Yankees! <laughs>